This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. What up, yo? I'm Dave Rubin. It is March 8th, 2023. This is The Rubin Report. We are live streaming on Rumble, YouTube, and Locals. There will be no post-game show today. I have my reasons, but I will make it up to you, I promise you. Those of you that are in the Locals community know why there's no post-game show today already because of reasons of which I described to you yesterday. That's all I have to say for the general public. Uh, today, we are doing a Locals community Q&A, uh, but I wanted to frame it around the state of the state of Florida, which was yesterday, Governor Ron DeSantis given the annual state of the state address. Uh, obviously this one had a particular sort of uh, poignancy to it, a certain focus on it because of what seemingly is happening related to this whole presidential run kind of thing. Again, I don't know anything that you don't know, but it all seems to be kind of going in that direction. The guy's just coming back from a nationwide tour, uh, the blueprint that Florida's trying to export to the rest of the country and much more. So we're gonna talk about that with one little clip of CNN and Don Lemon related to DeSantis and just the pure propaganda that corporate media just keeps spewing on us. So that's on the agenda today. Before we get to it, let me talk to you guys about Birch Gold. You know, despite the US blowing through the $31.4 trillion debt ceiling in January, the leftist White House still refuses to reduce spending. While our national leadership has buried their heads in the sand when it comes to fiscal responsibility, it's time to pull yours out. Now would be a great time to diversify into gold with Birch Gold. In times of high uncertainty and instability, gold is king, it's dependable. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you gotta do. Visit birchgold.com Dave to claim your free info kit on gold and then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. Think about this. To dig our country out of this mountain of debt, every single taxpayer in America would have to write a check for 247 grand. I'm not really in the mood to do that. And it's only getting worse, guys. Protect yourself with gold today by visiting birchgold.com Dave. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. You can trust Birch Gold at birchgold.com slash Dave today. And now back to me. All right, so I mostly wanna focus on the good stuff. And the good stuff is the state of the state. And even if you don't live in the great, the free state of Florida, it is good for you wherever you live because this is the beacon of freedom. This is the signal that is being sent across the world right now of how to do it right. And when you see someone doing it right, you gotta amplify it, you gotta help them. That's what I'm trying to do. I think that's what you're trying to do. Uh, but the liars, the frauds, the con men, and the bad people will always try to quash that sense of freedom because they love control. Here's Don Lemon on his morning show. And as you know, he was demoted to the morning show because no one wanted to watch him at night. Soon enough, he'll be on the 4 a.m. hour and then 
He'll probably be wandering the streets of San Francisco after that. Uh, but here he is. Uh, he brings on Ken Burns. And you guys might know Ken Burns. Ken Burns is a very, very famous uh, documentarian. He has done many, many documentaries over the years on baseball and American history, a whole bunch more. But basically has become a left-wing progressive pundit. I don't know why they ask him these questions related to current events and what's happening today, but they do. Uh, and here's Ken Burns basically equating DeSantis to the Nazis and the Soviets. Moved enough to write about this bill and what's going on with the whole idea of critical race theory and not teaching the full history of this country. Why? You know, what makes America great is not the suppression of ideas or the pursuit of every corner of those ideas may lead us or the facts. It's it's about who we are and how we investigate who we are and celebrate the diversity of who we are. All of these bills that DeSantis and others are doing limit our ability to understand who we are and are not inclusive. They're exclusive. They're, they're narrowing the focus of what is and isn't American history. It's terrifying. It feels like a Soviet system or, you know, the way the Nazis would build a Potemkin village. Tucker Carlson's doing the same thing with the footage from uh, 1-6. It's just uh, a, a kind of rewriting of history at the most dangerous level. It's a it's, it's huge threat to our republic. You are a huge threat to our republic, you clowns and hacks. All right, first off, one more time, say it with me, you know it. They are not removing African-American history from the schools in Florida. They are taking away one AP course, which was going to teach woke gender theory as it relates to African-American history. And that has nothing to do with African-American history. Although I've often asked the question, was Harriet Tubman running a secret underground railroad that had something to do with lesbians? I don't know. Maybe that's what it was all about, but I would need to read more. There is nothing bigoted about this. The idea that you have to teach everything in schools, regardless of whether it's true or good or just or right is completely insane. Is the position that these people are taking, that Ken Burns and Lemon and the ladies are taking, that we should teach Nazism in school? Nazism is a political ideology uh, based in uh, uh, racial supremacy, which actually is pretty close to wokeness, if you think about it. Um, do they want to teach that? I suspect they don't want to teach that. He also just says it's just these generic platitudes that mean nothing. What makes us great is who we are. What does that mean? It's who we are. That's what makes us great. And the other one, it's how we, what makes us great is how we celebrate diversity. Diversity is not good in and of itself, right? Uh, if diversity was good in and of itself, these people would like intellectual diversity. They would like the diversity of ideas, but that's the last thing they like. They like their ideas and for you to sit down and shut up. But don't take my word for all of this because Governor DeSantis gave his state of the state yesterday and he knew exactly what the media was gonna do when he got rid of this AP course, which by the way, everyone in Florida agrees with and most of these people actually do. Uh, so here is DeSantis. Oh, first, before we get to the state of the state. So this is, this is like two days ago before the state of the state. Here is DeSantis responding to the corporate media attack on this removal of the AP course. Governor DeSantis does not want students to learn about slavery and its aftermath. 
Well, if you actually looked at what our standards are, not only is it not prohibited to teach that, it's required to teach that. It's required to teach all of those things. It's required under Florida statutes to teach about racial discrimination. They're doing it because they know there's enough people in corporate media who will just take that and will run with that. So we've got all these examples cataloged um, of basically media lies to try to do to try to do the hoax in Florida. Um, you know, if it's explicit and pornographic, parents have the right to object, and it should be taken off. And then in terms of issues involving uh, American history, uh, it's very clear in Florida standards that we are required to teach all aspects of black history, not queer theory, but actual aspects of black history. All right, so look, he knew the attacks were coming. He has an incredibly airtight team that knows how to deal with these people. We showed you the video, what, two weeks ago, Andrea Mitchell of NBC News asking Kamala Harris, what is it that Ron DeSantis doesn't want people knowing about, about slavery and black history? What does Governor Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience when he says that Slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children. These people lie about everything. Ken Burns is lying, Don Lemon is lying, Andrea Mitchell is lying, Anna Navarro is lying, Whoopi is lying. They lie about everything, but DeSantis is just going about the business of the state. And if you really want proof on all of this, they have these hysterical outbursts about all of these things. And then what happens as time goes by and people forget things, uh, nothing bad happens because of the things that Ron DeSantis is doing. For example, we checked, and Phoenix, if you could uh, fire up your computer right now, how many gay people have been arrested in Florida since Don't Say Gay? How many from the DeSantis goon squad? I got a big fat zero, unless, were, were you just giving me the white supremacist sign? No, that was a zero. Okay, so that's one thing. Um, and we are, as he said, we, are, we do have to teach black history, so that, of course, is a lie. Everything that they say is a lie, and what they are jealous of is that people are waking up, people are understanding what freedom is, people are moving here, they're leaving the crap, fa the, the crap factory states. <laughs> I was gonna say craptastic or crap factory, I combined that into one thing, and it's all good here. So here is Governor DeSantis kicking off the state of the state. Mr. Speaker, Madam President, members of the legislature and fellow citizens, my duty under the Constitution is to inform the legislature concerning the condition of the state and to recommend measures in the public interest. Well, as we used to do in the military, here's the bluff, the bottom line up front. Florida is number one, and working together, we will ensure that Florida remains the number one state in these United States. The guy is focused, he's got a super majority. We're escalating infrastructure projects because so many people are moving here. If you didn't see my, I did a mini interview with him last week, just uh, 15 or 18 minutes or so, and we discussed some of the things that he can do to ensure that Florida not only will stay free, but stay flourishing as we get all of these new people. And one of the other things that he's doing, and somehow the left will have a fit about this one too, uh, he's going out of his way to make sure it is easier to have children in Florida. He's going out of his way to make sure that there are less barriers financially and otherwise if you want to start a family in the free state of Florida. It will help many who need relief from inflation, especially our Florida families. 
By permanently eliminating sales tax on all baby supplies, diapers, wipes, clothes, cribs, strollers, we will be able to say that in Florida, having a child will be tax-free. We are proud to be pro-family, and we are proud to be pro-life in the state of Florida. You know, it's a little unfortunate because I got these two kids downstairs, but we already bought our strollers and our cribs, so I'm screwed on that one. I paid state tax on that. Uh, but we are buying diapers and probably will be for quite some time, so I'm gonna save a little cash on that. I do wanna quickly address the pro-life comment there because obviously not every single person in Florida is 100% pro-life the way Governor DeSantis describes his own personal beliefs. I have been on stage with him when he has been asked about this. I was sitting next to him at a uh, event a couple months ago and people asked him about his personal beliefs on abortion versus the position of the state. And he said, look, I'm a Catholic and that, that frames my view on this and I personally am pro-life. He said, but I understand that I govern a state with many different people and we feel that the 15 week ban on abortion, which is what we have in Florida right now, 15 weeks, you know, basically three and a half months, that, that's quite deep into a pregnancy, uh, that that is the right thing. And what's so interesting about that is Florida, which is now thought of as this you know, right-wing red state run by evil DeSantis and the fascists. It has a 15-week ban on abortion, which every Democrat in America would have said is a fair cutoff point 10, 20 years ago. Bill Clinton of 20 years ago, you know, 15 to 20 weeks, 20 was sort of the max. Now the Democrats are at eight and eight and a half month abortions. Callie wants you to have an abortion at any point. They literally are talking about post-birth abortions where the doctor and the, the mother can decide whether to kill the baby after the birth. I mean, there's such crazy stuff. So Florida, which is a, a pro-life state in, that, in a certain sense, has the most moderate position. So when they tell you how far right this place is, what you should say to them is, oh, you mean moderate Democrat of 15 years ago. Uh, anyway, he concluded his speech. We could have played a, a, a gajillion clips of it, but I'm sure we'll play some more uh, you know, in the coming weeks. Uh, as he lines up what his agenda is and what this blueprint actually stands for. Uh, but he concluded his address by doing something that I think was really effective. There is gonna be an awful lot of noise, right? The noise is gonna come from every direction. The, the left, the corporate media, all of that nonsense, they're gonna try to destroy him. Trump, the other opponents, they're gonna try to destroy him. But the guy is focused on doing the right thing and that was his message to the legislature. Don't worry about the chattering class. Ignore all the background noise. Keep the compass set to true north. We will stand strong. We will hold the line. We won't back down. And I can promise you this, you ain't seen nothing yet. Thank you all. God bless you. Thank you. Gotta say guys, it feels good to live in a place that is governed by people who are interested in freedom and doing the right thing and ignoring the noise and fighting and saying enough is enough and all of that stuff. So if you're watching this as a Rubin Report viewer, I welcome you to move to Florida. Don't bring your uh, family, that's not cool. But you, you can come. All right, let's get to a rubinreport.locals.com community Q&A. Paul says, the Democrats are reducing penalties for murder. Yeah, that's true. We, we discussed it a couple days ago. I cannot fathom this at the request of the people. Who wants that? Do you think they are doing this knowing that many of them and their friends will soon be facing some very serious charges? Is this mitigation? 
So every time the Democrats come in with one of these idiotic things, we are not going to arrest you if you jump a turnstile. We are not gonna arrest you if you're trespassing. We are gonna lower penalties on murder and armed robbery and all of these things. Their thought process, let, let's try to give the least cynical version, right? Let's try to steel man their argument. Their argument would be, there is a set of people who are aggrieved in society and who have basically been forced into doing really bad things and the system is racist and oppressive against them and they have to do these bad things. So when they say murder a family or push an old lady into the subway or break into a Target to steal a TV that I suppose they're gonna eat because you know, okay, fine. Um, that we should not treat them so harshly because it's, it's in some way it's our fault. In a weird way, we deserve it. And uh, this would be they, their belief of uh, good intentions. However, the road to hell is paved with you know what, and this is what consistently happens. So that's the age old debate. It's like, who's driving the progressive machine? You know, who's driving that car off the cliff? And do all the people in the back know what's really going on? Do the, do the people really driving it? Like they would have to look at basic evidence. Big government, high taxes, lot of handouts, you destroy cities. Like there's evidence everywhere. It's everywhere. You don't even need more studies or to read old Thomas Sowell books or anything else. Just go to any big city. Go to New York where I was last week. Go to Philadelphia, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Portland, Seattle. Okay, you know it, right? Go there and see, do these policies work? But it all sounds right. Well, let's defund the police. The police are kind of mean and they, they don't like black people. And even when five black cops act, you know, kill a black guy, somehow that's racist. And the, the, so the question is, is it the intentions of all the people? And then you just have a bunch of useful idiots. And what do you do with that? That is the combination that I think we have. And, it, and it's a match made in hell. I think you have a small set of really bad people with bad ideas. And then you have a whole bunch of mostly young people who haven't thought through the issues. But then I would say there's another version of it, which is you could take someone which is a Bernie Sanders type, who I really believe is a believer in this stuff. Like, I don't think he's faking it. But after what happened on Real Time that we played, you know, we played that clip a couple times where he did not know the difference between equality and equity. That would be like saying, do you know the difference between socialism and capitalism? Do you know the difference between baseball and basketball? This is your basic 101 stuff. And he didn't even know that. So, so you've got useful idiots, you've got intentional morons, you've, you've got just, it's a clown car. It is a clown car with ain't, where there ain't much good in it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Snow Baby says, have either of the boys started cutting teeth have you started introducing them to solids? My baby was interested in foods at four months now, almost one year, devours everything. So nobody's on solid yet. We are, we're still doing the breast milk thing. I've got a giant freezer of breast milk with also one Wagyu steak that when they are officially done with the breast milk, we will share our Wagyu ribeye that we've had in there for six or seven months now. Uh, but they are both, well, Justin is in full teething mode, which is why the other day, 
uh, I told you when my eye was a little screwed up, he had scratched me in the eye. It's still like a little irritated actually. Cause he's, you know, they're always just clawing at whatever you can get. And I try to let him do as much as he wants to do. If he wants to just kind of grab around and pull my hair or whatever, they like, like kind of rubbing on the beard. Um, but I used his teething thing. Cause you know, we've got all these teething toys that you keep in the freezer because they like that, that coolness as they're starting to teeth. I was using that on my eye to get the swelling to go down. Uh, anyway, we think the tooth is coming any day now. He is, a tooth is coming, could come by the end of this sentence right now. That's on the way. Luke will be a little bit behind him. And then we, we've started the discussions about how long we wanna keep them on the breast milk and before we move to solids and everything. Cause obviously at this point it would be easier to move to solids. Uh, Dave, great name, Dave, Dave says, in the fight to end the deep state cabal, can anyone trump Trump? Well, look, that question is the best argument for Trump, right? That he has been through the machine, they have thrown everything at him, impeachments and hearings and investigations and all of the stuff. He has almost nothing else to play for other than the thing that he's always talking about, which is draining the swamp and all that. And he has sort of this, there's a vengeance to it this time because he feels he was robbed last time. The whole election was fortified, right? That was the big article in the Atlantic after the election. They didn't steal an election, they fortified an election. Um, so the question is, can anyone do that job better than Trump? I don't know. I think it is perfect. I think there is a perfectly legit argument to say that Trump would do that specific thing perhaps more effectively than DeSantis because he's been through part of it right? Now he had all sort of leaks. He didn't drain it. A lot of it didn't work out, but some of it did. We had a great economy. We had peace deals in the Middle East. Like there was a lot of good there too. Uh, but I think there is an argument to say that he would be the best at that if, at, if it can be done at all. Now the counter argument on the DeSantis side would be like, all right, well, DeSantis basically believes the same thing, right? He doesn't like the globalists. He doesn't like the WEF. He doesn't like the endless bureaucracy. He wants more term limits for these people. And he has a better track record of actually accomplishing specific things. Trump's done a few big things and they should not be discounted for sure. But DeSantis seems to have more discipline, a tighter team, and he might do it more effectively. So I think you can make arguments on either side for that one. Uh, Susan says, I just finished up watching the new Transformers movies that were produced over the last decade with my kids. The one that is coming out in June flips the story back to the 90s, and my son is highly disappointed. My son seems to think the Transformers will be the next Star Wars franchise. I know you're a big Transformers fan. What do you think? Look, the Transformers movies, if you just watch them all, first off, you must need a drink. Those things are such like bludgeon, hit you over the head with a bat. You don't know what's going on. You can't understand the stories. The last one was the last one with the, it was like the, the British, they were in like Knights of Camelot or something. It was so insane that if any, I kid you not, if anyone in the locals community can explain to me in three sentences what that movie was, I will, I will send you $500. The movie was so perplexing and psychotic and whatever. And they've all been terrible, basically. The first one was kind of okay, uh, but they are nothing in comparison. Have your son watch the 1985 animated Transformers movie. I've, I think I referenced it a couple days ago on the show. The death of Optimus Prime and of Starscream, Galvatron, uh, Robert Stack as, um, not Rodimus Prime, he was uh, the other guy. Like, it, it, there's just so much goodness there and the, the soundtrack is a great 80s soundtrack and everything, but Michael Bay, I mean, he loves to make things explode. He likes to have very shiny things. You can't see anything. There's no story to him. There's no cohesive narrative. They're just, oh, it's just disappointing. 
Florida man Chuck says, I'm not for big government, but do you think there's anything that can be done policy-wise that could stop the blatant lying from the media outlets? I think almost all of America wants to repair the country, but it's hard to find a common place to start when the media constantly lie about what's going on. Yeah, this is, in some ways that question gets to the heart of what I'm doing on this show more than anything else. Cause I'm always showing you clips of the media and try and showing you how they should be debunked in real time. And that if we don't do that, you know, on one hand we can ignore it and just move on. But then, you know, a certain amount of people are brainwashed. On the other hand, we don't want to always waste our time talking about the people who are doing everything wrong. But either way, it puts us in this divergent path situation. And that's a problem. Look, is there anything that could be done at the governmental level This is tough. We have libel and slander laws. They are very, very tight. And I don't know that you'd want to tighten them. You know, over the years, Trump has talked about tightening them. And if you tighten them, I would fear that the chilling effect on free speech would be a problem. If, 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 meaning if you were to not tighten the laws, if you were to loosen them a little bit, right? So I was giving you the reverse version of it. If you loosen these laws a little bit and then suddenly more people could be sued for libel and slander. Well, I make fun of people on this show all the time, usually in a sarcastic manner, hopefully in some level of wit and witticism or whatever. Uh, but I, if the laws were loosened a little bit and I felt I could be sued, well, now I'm going to self-censor. We already have enough self-censoring, right? Everyone's doing it to themselves. We already have self-censoring related to what videos put on YouTube and what gets demonetized and everything else. So I don't know that there's much that can be done at the state level. I think maybe, maybe there's a way to do something specifically to news outlets. So if you're, I don't know what the exact accreditation is, but let's say you're a news channel you know, on a, on a cable network or your uh, a newspaper with a certain circulation, that there should be some law passed that you have to uh, you have to have a certain standard of journalistic integrity. But again, these are these are tough things. I think we're just going to all keep going off in our own directions, and hopefully, you know, the truth has a way of bubbling up. And I, I think we all have to just hold that with us, and and believe that that the truth will will shine through. I, th- I think that probably is it. Uh, Dr. Weinguy says, hey Dave, as a successful business owner and entrepreneur, what would be your biggest recommendation for those who are thinking about opening their own business? Well, first off, I mean, this is silly and cliche, but just do it, just do it. I didn't know what I was doing when we went independent with the Rubin Report and we started the production company and we left our jobs in health insurance and we did it several times. It wasn't just when I left the Young Turks, then we left Patreon, uh, then, we were renting a studio, then I thought we have to own our own studio, like we did this many times, then we started local, so I started the tech company, like all of these things. It was just a matter of like, there's a problem, like let me just do it. And you know, I did it so many times that the last two or three times that I've done it, I was like, here we go, one more time. And then in my head now, even now, I'm always like, is there one more in me? Like, is there one more crazy move in me? You know, and there probably is. Actually, I have no doubt that there is. There will be probably one, if not two or three, more crazy moves along the line. Like I will always, I've come to enjoy the business part of it, which is really weird. Uh, I never thought of myself as a businessman. I don't like sitting there, you know, crunching numbers and I have business manager and accountants that do that kind of stuff. But building things that are good, building a, a, a successful production company that, you know, puts on this show that hires these guys, that I'm proud of the content we put out and that I own it and control it and can get it out to you in a way that I think is effective and all those things is, is so beautiful. And then on the, on the locals front, ultimately merging with Rumble, putting these things together and then, and then fighting for what I think is the most important thing, which is free speech, which is exactly what we're doing. And we're, we're on the, the front end of that fight. 
and it's a really, really beautiful thing and I'm honored to be part of it. So I would say, just do it. And if you believe in it, I would say this to anything. If you believe in what you are doing, do not stop. Again, it sounds kind of cliche, like you want some kind of like granular business information, like don't forget to carry the one. I can't give you that kind of advice. But if you believe that what you are doing is good, whatever it is, whether you're making a freaking lollipop or you're talking for a living or you wanna start a dental practice, whatever it might be, if you are good at it and you love it and you believe in it, you will find a way. I worked an awful lot of odd jobs. I I lived in crappy apartments. I, I was broke at times, scratching change together, get a cup of coffee, literally. But now I'm not. And I think that that was just, I just believe that if I kept doing it, that really is it. It's something I've said regards to Jordan Peterson, like I, belief was built in. I didn't even realize it at the time, but belief was built in. I believed that if I gave something, everything I got, I would get there. At one time I wanted to host the Tonight Show. Well, I'm not doing that. Although I do watch the old uh, Carson Tonight Show, as you guys know. I'm not doing that, but I'm doing something pretty close. And I think the proof is in the pudding. Talway says, Dave, an actual serious question regarding social media. Who would you say are the top people other than yourself who in conservative media tend to get things right a majority of the time and who are the ones you would say are the most suspect? Oh, you want me to name names? He'll name names. Uh, Well, how about I give credit to one guy who I often give credit to when he joins us for the Friday panel, but Jeffrey Tucker, uh, who if you have not seen him on this show, you gotta check out Jeffrey Tucker. He was so right from day one on COVID. Now he's a, he's a libertarian economist, so he's not a traditional conservative in that sense. Uh, but he was so right about lockdowns, he was so right about mandates and vaxes and all of the stuff, I mean from day one. I was right pretty early on, I would say a few weeks in, and as I always say, everyone's got a couple week window on that thing. You won't have it the next time. Like the next time it comes down, if you get fooled again, now it's on you. But we, uh, so many of us, for a gajillion reasons, all got fooled th- this last time. Um, but he did not get fooled. So I give him a massive amount of credit. I would say other people who have been directionally right about almost everything. I mean, Jordan Peterson, I think has been directionally right about almost everything. He did get the vaccine and uh, you know, he, I grant him a little bit of a leash on that because he was very, very sick and MIA for a while. Uh, so I don't think he was like fully, fully in, you know, primo Jordan Peterson mode. Um, oh, by the way, speaking of Jordan Peterson, what, can I say this? Um, there might be something happening tomorrow night. That's all I'll say for now. Um, But, uh, so I would say Jordan has been directionally right about what the real threats are and alerting people to it. I would say James Lindsay, who obviously I've had on a bunch of times also, has really nailed most of these things and gotten them right. As As for the people who've really gotten things wrong, I mean, I don't, I don't wanna throw anybody under the bus that I, that I like. Look, we all make mistakes, we all screw up things. I would say, look, I like Ben a lot. I would say, you know, Ben Shapiro, he did screw up to some extent on the vaccines because he was re- repeating a lot of the data, the quote unquote data from the CDC and the NIH and everything else related to vaccines. And he, I think he had one tweet where he said, it was something, it was like a long thread and it ended something like, in short, get the vaccine morons or something like that. Maybe it wasn't morons, but it was a word like that. And I remember reading that thing and like, I just don't believe all this nonsense. And I don't think that as a relatively young, healthy person who takes care of myself and gets some sunlight and tries to exercise that I need to worry about this stuff. So 
whatever. We, we, all, we all miss some here and there. Uh, BBG says, I learned from my time in DC that many protesters are not actually in it for an issue, but are professionals, uh, i.e. paid to protest. Antifa members have, the military, have military police grade equipment. Who is paying for all this? I mean, my guess is there is some Soros connection to NGOs that are training these people. It's also why the media, the way they talk about Antifa is so ridiculous. It's like Antifa had the summer of love burning down our cities. They just had a massive attack on a, on a police training facility in Atlanta. You're not seeing that on mainstream media. Check it out on, on Rumble or YouTube if you wanna find some videos on it. Um, but these people do seem very coordinated. They know when to attack. They know when to move forward and retreat. They use these little flash bombs and occasionally Molotov cocktails. They had the Portland, what was it? The Portland State House uh, under lockdown for like a year during the summer of love. Like there is something more coordinated there. I believe there is money there. And, and you know it, it was the federal courthouse in Portland actually. And, and the thing is, you know it because they can turn it on and shut it off whenever they want. Meaning l let's say that the movement behind BLM was legit. Let's just say it. it wasn't, but let's just say it was. How is it that they protested for two years under Trump and then the second, you know, we had people out in the streets and it was COVID, but you could, you, as Lori Lightfoot said, you could take your mask off for that because it's another sort of health, racism is another sort of health emergency. But then the second Biden takes over, there's no more BLM, there's no more rioting, there's no more people in the streets. Like there is some level of coordination and you know it because the media always tells you there's no coordination. So if the media tells you that there's nothing, then there's obviously something. Amy says, are there any movies coming out this year that you're looking forward to seeing? Not really. Uh, you know, I didn't see Avatar 2, I would like to see it. I would like to see it, it's just tough getting out with the kids right now, so uh, I would like to see it. I, I've heard some mixed things, but I enjoyed the first one. And you know, James Cameron is a great director and in terms of the innovation with cameras and technology and all that kind of stuff. And, and I, you know, I'm a big sci-fi guy in general. Is there anything you guys wanna see? Like, do movies even come out anymore? Do they make movies anymore? We have no, rec no one has a recollection of them. You guys remember movies. You'd go to this big room at the theater and they'd give you popcorn and, you know that the butter that they put on that popcorn has, uh, I don't know that they do it anymore. We used to pump your own, which I always felt, you know, very libertarian, but I never felt we should be allowed to pump our own butter. It has something that causes Alzheimer's in it. And then we wonder why we have a generation of brain dead morons. Todd says, assuming the next wave of politicians continue to flip seats red and the Republican and a Republican is elected to the presidency, how long do you think it would take for things to get even remotely close to what it was before COVID? It's a good question. Well, let's put it this way. The states are the states, right? The red states are gonna get redder, the blue states are gonna get bluer. The question is, can we flip a couple? Can we get a Colorado to go from blue to red, right? Like there's a couple in the middle that are kinda bouncing back and forth and can those go a certain way? Uh, but let's say we got DeSantis in and he started putting a hatchet to some of the bureaucracy he started empowering the states to actually abide by the law and, and do things with the federal government that should be done. And also maybe, and this is why I'm saying DeSantis, not Trump, maybe because it was DeSantis, he gets these crossover people who then can push back a little bit against the radicals. The problem is that if Trump gets in, the radicals are gonna be emboldened like crazy. Now that's not Trump's fault, but he triggers these radicals, okay? And, and then the radicals run the asylum on the left. We know that, right? The inmates are running the asylum over there. So I think DeSantis probably as president would have a better chance to say, look, here's what I did in Florida. The proof is in the pudding, Florida's flourishing. How can I now apply that? 
so the states can do most of the work, which is the way it's supposed to be, and that the federal government can just kind of slim itself down and do the limited things that it's supposed to be doing. Like, who, I guess it's this. Who do you think at the end of the day could get more border security actually accomplished? Do you think it's Trump who unfortunately was unable to do it? It was better than it was now, and, it, and I fully blame the Democrats for it. There's many videos of, of Schumer and Pelosi saying they would not negotiate at all because they didn't want to give Trump any win. Or do you think DeSantis, who seems to be a better political operative, do you think he might be able to get a little more done? And I think that that's what many of us are gonna have to decide when, when we have to vote in primaries if, if it ends up being the two of them. Uh, Holly says, are you gonna invite Crowder to the studio since he's in Florida today as well? I believe Crowder is in Sarasota at the moment, but I don't know that I can say anything else. I think he might be with Russell Brand. I think I've said too much. I think that we'll move to the next question. Chef says, do you and David get date night or are you homebodies? I mean, <laughs> right now we're homebodies. Like we are home freaking bodies. It's a lot of cooking. I'm doing all the cooking these days because he's just on overload mode with the kids, but it, it's all good. It's really been very nice. And you know, now the kids are going to bed at about 7.30. So from 7.30, you know, till about 7 a.m. when it starts up all over again. And it just, every day it starts up again, it's wild. Um, you know, then, then we can just kind of hang and, and watch a little TV or something, but mostly we're like passing out on the couch and you know, like a little daily recap. He's like, how was the show today? I'm like, good. It's like, how are the kids? Good. Okay, nice talking to you. Um, yeah, we haven't had a, a date night or gone out in a while, but uh, one of these days, I, I imagine we would go out again. But we still, we still host a lot of dinners here and that sort of thing, and we have guests coming constantly and family and all that, so it's all good. Uh, Prusky says, after the questioning of Merrick Garland, do you think he'll be held accountable for anything? No, not really. You guys know it, you know, they have these hearings, nothing really happens. So then you might go, all right, well then why cover the hearings if nothing ever comes of it? If, if Fauci can lie under oath, if Jack Dorsey can lie under oath, well, I think getting the truth out is still good regardless because over time, even if they don't prosecute these people and, and Fauci, I certainly think should be prosecuted, but even if they don't get some of these people and they're not arrested or put behind bars or thrown in the gulag or whatever it is, more and more people can wake up to the nonsense, right? So when Fauci testifies, no, I was never for school lockdowns. And then you show people videos of Fauci being like, I'm for school lockdowns. You can start exposing more of the nonsense. And that really is the game. And, and you know, there is a piece of me, as much as I would love to see somebody pay for what happened during COVID, like the people who really, really screwed up and I put Fauci at the top of that list. It's like, you don't wanna end up in a banana republic where one administration comes in and arrests and, and you know, punishes people from the previous one and then another administration comes in and we do it the other way and then that way and that way and that way and we end us, end up on this seesaw of insanity because you'll get no good people in government and that's kind of where we're at right now anyway. So my, my preference at this point would be, I don't see a way that Merrick Garland's gonna be punished, I don't see a way Fauci's gonna be punished, but you keep having the hearings because you keep exposing it and then hopefully people start voting a different way and then maybe over time, that's how you uncalcify the machine. Uh, Lewin says, Did you, uh, do you find any of Trump's comments about DeSantis's integrity relating to his support of rhino, anti-MAGA leanings, even remotely concerning? I understand that actions speak louder than words, but why run away from CPAC? Why not lean in? Well, let me address the second part first. I don't know that, well, I'm sure he was invited to CPAC. I was invited to CPAC. I had other things. The guy's been traveling all over. He has the book release. You know, CPAC just isn't as big and influential as it once was. Like it was, it was pretty empty this year. You watch some of those speeches, 
they were pretty, pretty uh, empty and cavernous in those rooms. So they aren't, the, the event itself isn't as, uh, as sort of ubiquitous as it once was, that it would kind of leak into everything. And it also has become a, a very MAGA-focused thing. So I don't know how representative is of the wider conservative movement. As far as some of the Trump things where he's saying these things about DeSantis, he's a rhino and a globalist. It's like, dude, you endorse the guy twice. You live in his state. You take credit for putting him on the map. Like these games are not working with him. If you wanna make, a, and, and also if DeSantis is a rhino Republican in name only uh, globalist, then well, he's doing everything we all want. So I don't know what that makes us, but he's doing all of the things that conservatives ever purport to believe in. And is he doing all of those things in the name of globalism? Like, come on, come on. So Trump, and I've, I've tweeted this out and I got a lot of hit uh, pushback from, from the Trump people, but it's like, it's like, dude, I voted for you once. I like you, I like your kids. I think you've been a net good for this country and you woke up a gajillion people, but make the case for yourself. Instead of the crazy tweets or the truth social posts about him, make the case. I'm the guy who can drain the swamp. DeSantis can't do it because I have endless resources. He doesn't, he has young kids, he has other considerations. It's all or nothing with me and I'm gonna do it and blah, blah, blah. Like that's the case for Trump. That's the case for Trump. Make that case. But if your case is DeSantis, who hasn't even announced yet, is a rhino and a globalist and I supported him twice and all, it's like that just does not work. I also just don't think the names work anymore, DeSanctimonious or Tiny D. It's like he's workshopping these names. It feels phony, it feels scripted, it feels kind of Hollywood, like, it just ain't flying anymore. So I think, look, letting them fight it out hopefully levels up everybody. And, and right now I would say between if you look at Trump and you look at DeSantis and you take Vivek Ramaswamy, you take Nikki Haley, has anyone else officially announced yet? It sounds like Mike Pompeo will. I think, I think that's about it for now. Uh, yeah, Vivek, um, the point is guys, it's like you're gonna get a really decent wide net. Remember what the Democrats put out there a couple of years ago with Biden, right? You had Pete Buttigieg, completely unqualified, no, no real set of ideas behind him other than wokeness. You had two socialists in Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. Um, you had, who else did they have? Uh, who else? Uh, you had Cory Booker, who was always crying. You had Kamala Harris, who was polling at zero. Like you had really just a, and then you had Joe Biden, right? Like the winner of that thing was Joe Biden. But you really, I, I think that's fairly objective to say this was not the greatest crop of candidates. Where right now the Republicans have some interesting choices, right? Like DeSantis obviously is a good candidate. Trump, you know what all the positives are, right? Uh, Nikki, I, she's clearly good. I know a lot of people on the Trump side don't like her, but like she's a good sort of, I would say center right candidate. Vivek's got a new set, a set of ideas and is a great communicator. So you, hopefully you get some more people in there, whether that's a Ted Cruz or a Rand Paul or a Tim Scott or whoever it might be, and you get more people in there. And then at the end, you, you bludgeon each other and then you figure out how to coalesce and then, and then we remove this, this psychotic, woke monster that this administration has become. And then to get back to an earlier question, then the federal government will start working and it will get off the backs of the states and this country could run like it was supposed to. I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not subscribed at rumble.com slash Ruben Report, please do. And uh, that's it for today. There's no post-game show because of the thing that I told you guys uh, secretly on the uh, post-game show yesterday. And uh, I gotta go now, so see you later. Have a nice day. 
So long, sayonara. Adios, Avida same. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.